Hi, I'm Matt, and you are listening to Real Things That Really Matter. Our heart in this show is to open up the floor to conversation about topics in the Bible and Christianity that may be hard to understand, and to see them from different perspectives. I know that we don't always agree on some things, but we feel that we should be able to ask questions and listen to each other as we walk through this life following Jesus. So sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy as we venture into another conversation on real things that really matter. Hey, Matt. Hey, Mike. How are you? I'm okay. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. We're back again. Part five. Has Man, it been five parts five, already? This is five episodes of Revelation. Oh my gosh, it's heavy lifting in this one. We've made it four verses. <laughs> it seems like it. <laughs> yeah, so welcome again, listeners. We're so glad that you're tuning in. Hopefully this has sparked some interest and in questions of your own. Um, I'm pretty sure that Revelation only elicits questions because there's really not a whole lot of answers, it seems like. Yeah, and I wish we could we could say, hey, by the end of this series that you'll have all the answers and we'll know, and that's incorrect because we're is, not going to. Yeah, totally. We're incorrect. just trying to doing this more or less so we can process this ourselves. Yes, with the benefit of our listeners. Absolutely, and it's and, brought a lot of things to my mind. Yeah, and it's kind of fun, and it's also <laughs> frustrating. Fr- very frustrating. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we we start just so you guys know we start every one of these uh, recordings. Asking ourselves, what are we going to do and how are we going to approach this? Because I don't know what it means. And so we talk about this before we even get to the air. <laughs> it may sound like we're just winging it. Can In some ways we are, but we've actually talked about this yeah. before we come on here. So here we go. All right. Uh, we ended on uh, chapter nine last week. Right. We got through chapter nine and that was the, that was the seals or the, the no that was the, the trumpets, trumpets. The trumpets. We went okay. through six trumpets okay yes the trumpets and the demons and the things in the earth and the tails and first woe yeah it was intense so here it goes revelation 10 the angel and the small scroll then i saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven surrounded by a cloud with a rainbow over his head his face shone like the sun and his feet were like pillars of fire And in his hand was a small scroll that had been opened. He stood with his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land. And he gave a great shout like the roar of a lion. And when he shouted, the seven thunders answered. When the seven thunders spoke, I was about to write. But I heard a voice from heaven saying, keep secret what the thunders, seven thunders said and do not write it down. Then the angel I saw standing on the sea and on the land raised his right hand toward heaven. He swore an oath in the name of the one who lives forever and ever, who created the heavens and everything in them, the earth and everything in it, and the sea and everything in it. He said, there will be no more delay. When the seventh angel blows his trumpet, God's mysterious plan will be fulfilled. It will happen just as he announced it to his servants, the prophets. Okay, let's 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 unpack that section there. Yeah, that was <laughs> that's deep and heavy. Seven verses in. Okay, so there's an important 
thing we have to reference right here in the middle of the book, essentially, uh, towards the end of the trumpets, you know, there's what, 21 chapters in Revelation, 22 chapters. So we're right about center. And there's a, there's a huge, there's a huge moment here where the seven thunders sound. John's about to write, but then he's told not to tell anyone what the thunders said. So what do you want to do? You want to speculate on what that could be? No. I don't think there's any harm in doing that. Uh, I think there is harm in doing that. Okay, then tell me what that harm is. Here's the problem, is all of these interpretations that we try to bring about in Revelation are missing this key point that we have no idea what it says. And okay. So there's a huge, there's a huge missing thing. They could, it could lead in a whole different direction. It could say things that are going to happen. It could say things that we have to expect. It could say the day. It could say whatever. I don't know what it is, but it's not there. How do you interpret a story when you're missing the center? I don't know. <laughs> well. And you, you could say that about anything. You say, well, how do you, how do you know a story when you miss the beginning or you miss the end? Right. If, if any part's missing, how do you have solid proof that what you have said is, you know, and, and we started this with the question pre, mid, post, pre-millennial, pan-millennial, whatever. We started this with the question is where does it say we go? We're missing something. Everyone's missing something that nobody is privy to hearing or reading. And so I don't, I don't know that there is any way that is humanly possible to actually get this 100% right. Oh, and I, I completely agree. But I don't think there's anything wrong with speculating either. Through revelation, absolutely. I think speculating on that part I mean, could we, be could, we could offer different, different theory, differing theories on what it is. Yeah. I mean, it could be... Judge, I would say mostly I would think it would be judgment of what's going to happen to the people that are left. But we get specifically, but we get all of that in Revelation already. Talks about what's going to happen with the judgment and going to the throne and being cast away and into hell, into the lake that burns forever. We know what judgment is coming. So why would he? Okay, I'm going to say an even worse judgment. I don't think there's anything worse. Yeah, he he does kind of lay it out there. Looks pretty awful. So maybe he's talking about time. Could the, be time. It could, could be, be the time that it happens. And that's why he keeps it secret because he doesn't want us to know the time. It, it might be because it does say the angel does talk about in these days, there will be no more delay. It could be the time, something that nobody, you know, Jesus himself says that only the father knows. And so uh, I don't think we're going to get that information before Jesus well, and I think when Jesus said that, though, that's because he was on earth when he said that. He goes, only the Father knows, but obviously I think Jesus would know once he went to heaven. Maybe. Maybe not. Okay. I don't know. Okay. All right. I, I don't I don't know. That's kind of a different subject anyway. <laughs> that is a whole different subject. <laughs> okay. Uh, so let's- But I think it's important to always keep this in mind when you get people, because there's lots of different- Theories. There's the pre, there's the mid, there's the post, there's uh, premillennial, there's mid-millennial, there's, uh, I don't even know all the different, what is it, six or seven well, different theories? I there's pre-trib. One. Mid-trib. Two. Uh, post-trib. Three. And then. Premillennial. The, and post-trib is also 
Premillennial. Premillennial. It's, it's both. Yeah, it's a, exactly. It's a both well, end. All the all the pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib are premillennial. Well, true. So I don't even know. But what I'm saying is we're missing something. And it's stated very clearly. I couldn't write this down. Yeah, it must be about specific dates. So what else could what else could it be? It's it's God speaking. It could be anything. Okay. <laughs> it could be something that's totally <laughs> mind blowing that you go, oh. That's a that's a long way of saying, hey, we have no idea. Yes, I there is there is no way to know. Absolutely <laughs> okay. no way to know. So that's right in the center. Uh, write that down and, and remember that because we don't talk about that part in any of these theories very often. I don't know that I hear that very often, but it's like, Hey, guess what? John couldn't write this down. So it's kind of important and also missing. Okay. So where did I leave off then? Voice, <laughs> verse eight. So now we're on verse eight. Then the voice from heaven spoke to me again, go and take the open scroll from the hand of the angel who was standing on the sea and on the land. So what is this? Hold on a second. Is this angel like super huge? And he's like, or is he just, I don't know. Does he, is he like some giant or, or is he just. Sounds like it. it I kind of get that vision, but then how does he take the scroll from him? He. <laughs> <laughs> now we're getting too. I don't know. <laughs> it's just. Too logical. That happens to be standing on the beach is what he should be saying. And I was like, I don't know. It, Maybe. It's just, it's just odd the way they, they put that. Maybe he's running across the whole. He's, on, he's standing the on the sea and on the land. Just so he's got. A, running. I, I don't know. So that's weird. So I went that's to the angel. Weird. So I went to the angel and told him to give me the small scroll. Yes, take it and eat it, he said. It will be sweet as honey in your mouth, but it'll turn sour in your stomach. So I took the small scroll from the hand of the angel and I ate it. It was sweet in my mouth, but when I swallowed it, it turned sour in my stomach. Then I was told you must prophesy again about many peoples, nations, languages, and kings. Seems a lot of metaphors are happening here is what I see. More, more. Uh, so you don't think he ate the scroll? Well, I think he did in the vision. But what does, I mean, this is a vision. This is supernatural. Okay. Right. So him eating the scroll and it being sweet in his mouth, but then sour. He's like, well, I'm pleased that you gave me this. So it's sweet. But then what I have to tell people is sour. Well, I would, yeah, kind of. I mean. Is that the metaphor? I would say it's kind of, we're told to, we cannot live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, correct? That's right. what Jesus says. Yes. And so it's, we're talking about the scroll and the words and the things that have been written down by, it's in the hand of an angel. So most likely written from the words of God. Um. He's he's eating the words which are sweet, and also the message of revelation for a believer is sweet, but it's also bitter because well, I have people that are not saved. I have people that I know that are are choosing uh, to reject Christ, and the message for them is bitter, and it's sad and disheartening, and that's not a fun thought to say. Ah, uh, this is what happens if you reject Jesus? 
And so, right. So in, in other words, he's like, he's blessed that he gets to share this, but it's also a message of bitterness that he has to share this. Kind of both end. Yeah. yeah so I guess I, I can say. see that. Maybe that's the point of the metaphor there or something. That's I, how I, I would look at it. Because um, the prophecies that God always issued out was always mixed. Is If you read all through Isaiah and Jeremiah and all the, all the, all the old prophets in the old Testament. Um, there was always, it kind of was bitter at first of judgment and, you know, you're won't repent from your ways and you won't churn. And so this will happen and you'll be conquered and you'll be made slaves and you'll be driven from your homeland. And then there's that message of hope of I am coming again. I will make all things new. I will save you from your enemies. I will redeem you. You are mine. All of these things are mixed in with those prophecies. And so it's kind of, uh, it's not an uncommon thing in the Bible to have a, a both and message. Yeah, I guess I can see that. Uh, maybe we should go into chapter 11 and see what happens. Well, so yeah, this this is a preface of... You know, we've had six trumpets and a message we don't get to hear. And then John has said, guess what? You get to prophesy some more. And so you're not done, even though you don't, you know, even though this is, this seems like a lot and it's been a lot, you're not done. And so, yeah, let's, what does 11 say? Okay. So then we get to the real nitty gritty stuff. The two witnesses. Then I, John, I suppose, was given a measuring stick, and I was told, go and measure the temple of God and the altar, and count the number of worshipers. But do not measure the outer courtyard, for it has been turned over to the nations. They will trample the holy city for 42 months. And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will be clothed in burlap and will prophesy, prophesy during those 1,260 days. These two prophets are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of all the earth. If anyone tries to harm them, fire flashes from their mouths and consumes their enemies. This is how anyone who tries to harm them must die. They have power to shut the sky so that no rain will fall for as long as they prophesy. And they have the power to turn the rivers and oceans into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they wish. <laughs> when they complete their testimony, the beast that comes up out of the bottomless pit will declare a war against them and he will conquer them and kill them. And their bodies will lie in the main street of Jerusalem the city that is figuratively called Sodom and Egypt, the city where their Lord was crucified. And for three and a half days, all peoples, tribes, languages, and nations will stare at their bodies. No one will be allowed to bury them. All the people who belong to this world will gloat over them and give presents to each other to celebrate the death of the two prophets who had tormented them. But after three and a half days, God breathed life into them, and they stood up. Terror struck all who were staring at them. Then a loud voice from heaven called to the two prophets, Come up here. And they rose to heaven in a cloud as their enemies watched. At the same time, there was a terrible earthquake that destroyed a tenth of the city. Seven thousand people died in that earthquake, and everyone else was terrified and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second terror is past, but look, the third terror is coming quickly. 
Dun, dun, dun. Let's stop there. <laughs> Quite a bit has happened. Yeah. Well, it's three and a half years have gone by, at, at least. Um, <laughs> Quite a bit has happened. There's, there's, uh, I mean, seriously, picture this in this day and age. And, and there's parts of this that make sense to me reading it, knowing where we are as a, as a people. As a, as a technologically advanced age, as opposed to John, like how would he know that the whole world can rejoice in three days over these people? Well, guess what? I guarantee you if this happens, every live TV station will have this aired nonstop. Right. Guaranteed. Social media, uh, YouTube, uh, Every news channel, they'll make news channels. I mean, this will be insane. Okay, yeah, and I agree. But let's go through it verse by verse. Then I was given a measuring stick, and I was told, go and measure the temple of God and the altar and count the number of worshipers. Okay, first of all, someone can't go into the temple of God in Jerusalem and the altar right now and measure anything and count the number of worshipers. Are we sure sure that it's... Talking, yeah, it's talking about Jerusalem, about the physical Jerusalem right now. Yeah, it's talking about Jerusalem because it it says later in here and it mentions Jerusalem specifically. Well, Sodom and Egypt, yes, which is interesting that that's what it's called in this vision. Sodom because and, and their bodies Egypt. will lie in the main street of Jerusalem, the city that is figuratively called Sodom and Egypt, the city where their Lord was crucified. Oh, mine doesn't say Jerusalem. Interesting. Really? Yeah, so I have ESV here. On verse 8, it doesn't say Jerusalem? Nope. It says, and their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city that symbolically is called Sodom and Egypt, where their Lord was crucified. Okay. Now, my mind automatically goes to Jerusalem, yeah, because that's where we know Jesus was crucified. Yes. And so I, I find it interesting that it is called Sodom and Egypt at this time. Okay, we'll get to that. Uh, well, first things first. <laughs> so, some things have to happen before you can go and measure anything in the temple of God well, and the altar. I mean, if you want to call, uh, yeah, if you want to call the Mount of Zion in Jerusalem right now, you want to go up there. You're not going up there as a as a Jew. Yeah, you're not going to go up there with a measuring stick. And you're not going to go up there and get inside <laughs> with a measuring stick. No. no way. And you're not counting anything. Because when we went, and I, you had a little bit different experience than I did, but I know... Could you, did you get up there? No. See, I didn't no, know they were they were definitely on the watch, and right. we could go to the western wall yeah. of the temple. That right. was it. We um, did that, too. We didn't even get to go into the tunnels underneath. They, that wasn't okay at that time. You mean the Hezekiah's? Yeah. Well, no, the other the other one by the Western Wall. Oh, I see. Um, but they were the Muslim people were watching us from the top, where of the walls. They were you, suspicious of you. Yeah, they were watching and they were making sure there was drones flying around. There was there was definitely not a welcoming uh, "come on up here" kind of attitude going on. Okay. Well, what I'm saying is, globally, some event has to take oh, place. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Some event has to pl- take place where 
the Dome of the Rock isn't isn't the Dome of the Rock well, anymore. I mean, it's let's, okay. First things first. We're on chapter eleven of Revelation when this happens. Right. Something has happened. Some, a few things have transpired. Yeah, a yeah, few things. The, the, you know, few things have happened. Geopolitics have taken place right. to some degree. So, you know, if... And also, John is being showed this in a supernatural vision. I yes. don't necessarily know that John is a part of the physical part of the world right now. No. And, and so I, when he's told to go measure this, is it because, well, I walked into the city and I'm like a part of of time right now. I'm yeah. obviously outside now, yeah, the, of time. Yeah. The inside, the, when this actually happens, I don't think we're going to see John walking around with the measuring stick. No. And I wasn't saying that. Right. But what I am saying is that we're actually calling that he's actually able to go into the temple of God or somebody, these two witnesses are able to go in there. Well, they're out. So I don't think they're in the temple. They're outside. They're out. They're outside. If they're doing battle and they're going to be killed in the street, um, I'm they're in the main street of Jerusalem. I'm pretty sure they're outside, kind of like a like a Jeremiah or a um, you know a, a prophet of old would be when they prophesied to Israel in the city. Okay, so and then in that way of looking at things, the the temple could still be under Muslim control when or, the two witnesses yeah. show up. Yeah, or somebody else's control. Or somebody else's Even control. worse. Right. Okay. Okay. So, but then the witnesses are on the <laughs> main street of Jerusalem. And the witnesses are terrifying. Right. Now, these are <laughs> these are the mouthpieces of God, right? Mm-hmm. And, and if anyone would harm them, fire pours from their mouth and consumes their foes. They shut up the sky for three and a half years. It sounds like Elijah you know, a little bit. Right. Without the fire. I don't remember it. You know, Elijah didn't have fire coming out of his mouth, but he shut up the sky. He prayed to God and, um, and they didn't rain, uh, the turning the water into blood. And I can almost guarantee one of them will be Elijah. (laughs) It seems completely, almost completely reasonable that one be Elijah. And some have speculated the other is Enoch because he never died. Well, and Elijah was taken up as well. So, yeah, and he never died either. You know, I I can't say it's not, but I don't know where it says that it is. But anyways, it's still terrifying. So even they, if you're a believer and you're watching this, you got to be going, "Oh wow, what is happening right now?" Okay, and so here we come to the forty-two months or twelve. 1,260 days. <laughs> three and a half years, Mike. Uh-huh. Okay, so it's three and a half years. What has happened before this? A lot. Hmm, weird. A, a lot. So, so this three and a half years that has, okay, so pull when out they, your chart when, here. They, when they show up, then- That's can, a three and a half year start. That's, that's when you can start the clock. Okay, so- So at least, we, through, at least we know something. Well, that's that. what I'm reading right here, but read through your chart there that says- how this tribulation goes in this supposed seven years, which just started, as you pointed out, with the witnesses. Which chart? I got I don't, like 14 I, any of, of them. them. Any of them. Because my understanding is all of these tribulations that we have been talking about are going on in this time where we split it up. And so unless we're wrong, which could be, and 
all of these chapters overlap each other, which it doesn't say they do. These three and a half years are specific to just the witnesses. Am I wrong? Well, see, I think there's something you're saying that this three and a half years is just for these guys and not, it doesn't, it hasn't have, it doesn't start the three and a half years in the tribulation. I don't know that that relates reading it, reading, reading these books and these chapters in order, what has happened before it even mentions this three and a half years. And then the three and a half years and Daniel and all of that, it talks about the abomination in the temple. Correct. Correct. Because the beast hasn't even showed up yet. No, right? it hasn't. So we're talking about all of these things in the three and a half years, and Daniel talks about it. And Well, Revelation specifically states that it's going to be the 42 months or the 1260 days for the witnesses to prophesy. We've had the seals broken and six trumpets sounded, which is the opening up of the bottomless pit, the scorpions coming out of hell, the burning in the plagues the and the four water, horsemen of the, the apocalypse yeah all of this happens these those were just the seals before we even get to a mention of the three and a half years how do i how do i reconcile that unless i somehow have somebody has knowledge that i don't have which is very 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 likely but do like these verses these chapters stack upon each other yeah, and that's what I was saying. Are they concurrent? Which is not how John writes it. It's it's not how John writes it. It doesn't flow that way. So I don't see how you can say that. So that's where I get confused and when we is, talk about something. And once, once again, it's the most confusing book of the Bible <laughs> <laughs> because it's prophecy and metaphor and all these other things, except the stuff that isn't metaphor is literal. And then the stuff that's left out. And then you have to, yeah, and the stuff that you don't get to know about. Yeah, so you, you know, have to sift so, through all this and it drives these people crazy that are on but, the air. But you know, I know all the things that it says. Wait a minute. I don't have a clue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. All right. So so we have <clears throat> we have the witnesses. They're unleashing the judgment of God. I'm, you know, the plagues, the uh they're prophesying. Prophesying is is speaking the words of God. So, you know, I'm assuming they're probably saying this is the end, repent, all these things. Because I'm sure God is still calling for all of us to repent in this time even so. It's not over yet. And you would think that there would be, a, I mean, this is crazy stuff. You think that people would be coming in droves to repent right. when they see this type of stuff. Like, hey, that guy just breathed. A, I mean, he's like a dragon. When do you see this? Right. And then the beast that comes out and wages war against them and kills them from you the You would think there'd be pit. millions of people just coming to Jesus saying, please forgive me. Yeah. What is happening? What has happened to society where even this, they're desensitized to? Hmm. Have you looked around us lately? (laughs) But this? I don't know. How many guys have you seen breathe fire on people? Well, you know, I've heard people say that we could see a demon in America walking down the street literally and not even turn our heads and question. Which bathroom would you use? Right. Yeah, what bathroom are you in? (laughs) I I can't offend you, (laughs) right? What are your pronouns? I mean, seriously, we're at a point where everything is... We're kind of gearing up His to that. pronoun would probably be they, them, if it was legion or something, wouldn't it be, though? Very interesting statement. You know the demons always referred to themselves that way. Is they and them? Mm. Hmm. They never used I. I think that's another one we could delve into. So okay. anyways, we're moving we on. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing it again. And not squirreling. Anyways, so we have three and a half years. Okay, so okay, yeah. Okay, now we're moving on, and they get killed. 
Okay. By the beast, and they're dead for three and a half days. Okay. And when, but did I even get to that part? Yeah, when we kind of got to symbolically when they, and, and when, they com- Sodom. when they complete their testimony, the beast that comes up out of the bottomless pit, this is verse seven, yep. will de- declare war against them and he will conquer them and kill them. And their bodies will lie in the main street of Jerusalem. Okay. Yeah. Or the great city or, or the city of this figuratively called Sodom and Egypt. Now, why does it do that? I don't know. And maybe, maybe there's. There's different translations and different people that translate it. Maybe there's a different word that comes up for city, the great city. May the great city typically meant Jerusalem. I don't know. Um, because he calls it, he might call it Sodom because Jerusalem's turned against him. Well, but what does Egypt have to do with it? Oh, uh, well, Egypt's close. Maybe they took over. I don't know. Well, Egypt's not even a city. Egypt's a, a, a place, yeah. A I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, and and I have a footnote here in my Bible that says right after symbolically, uh, the great city that symbolically or in Greek spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt. See, that's odd to me. I don't understand that. Hmm, weird. I. I have understood so much up to this point. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then, so then, so, so then, they're in the city where their Lord was crucified. Right. We can assume things, but maybe wrong in that assumption. We're pretty, well, it says in, it says on the main street of Jerusalem, at least in my version, we'll go with that. Verse but nine. It already, you know, it has to be Jerusalem because it says where their Lord was crucified. Yeah, Absolutely. So it has to be, we have to agree that it was Jerusalem. I agree. Okay, good. Okay. We're on the same page. Verse nine. All right. And for <laughs> three and a half days, all people's tribes, languages, and nations will stare at their bodies nonstop on CNN in the airport. <laughs> <laughs> no one will be allowed to bury them. All the people who belong to this world will gloat over them and give presents to each other to celebrate the death of the two prophets who had tormented them. But after three and a half days, God breathed life into them and they stood up, terror struck all who were staring at them. Then a loud voice from heaven called to the two prophets, just to the two prophets now. Yes. Not to everybody else. No, just to the two prophets. Come up up here. here. Raptura. Mm, yeah. Interesting. And they rose to heaven in a cloud as their enemies watched. There's a lot of, I mean, okay. So and the, mid chirpers will say we're in there too. Well, it doesn't say anything about all of them. It says after that, there's an earthquake and the city falls apart. <clears throat> 7,000 people were killed in the earthquake and the rest were terrified and gave glory to the God of heaven. So there's some type of, it's almost like an Egypt moment where after the plagues, you know, Pharaoh was like, oh, God is great and God is good and please make this stop and I'll give you whatever I want. And then it stops and it goes back to the way it was. Okay. And it's because the, at the same time, there was a terrible earthquake that destroyed a tenth of the city. Give a tenth, a tithe, tenth. Yeah, that's not in the New Testament. Okay. <laughs> we covered that one. <laughs> 7,000 people died in that earthquake and everyone else was terrified and gave glory to the God of heaven. 7,000 sounds like a lot, but in how many, what is the population of Jerusalem? 
it's there's a lot in there and it's like built on top of itself and there's so many houses and things that are that are built on the mountainsides and just I don't know that seems like a small number compared to the population of Jerusalem I'm not saying it's a good number but you, you know what I'm saying well, it it says here as of 2016 it was 874,000. Yeah, I believe that. Okay, 970,000. It's about a million people. So, it's almost like it's a localized earthquake. Okay. But I don't that's again, we're just speculating. 7,000 people dying in an earthquake is still pretty significant it is a, no, no matter where it is. Yeah. There's only been what one or two with that number. I would think, yeah. A couple, 10 years ago. It's a tsunami, then it takes out quite a few. Yeah, I don't think a tsunami is going to hit Israel. No. It, well, it, maybe one it, side of it. But <laughs> okay. Anyways. Anyways. So this so- is the second woe. And it's, mind you, we left off with the sixth trumpet, and the seventh one has not blown yet. Right. So 7,000 people died in that earthquake, and everyone else was terrified and gave glory to the God of heaven. Well, about time. And then the second, <laughs> the second terror is passed. But look, the third terror is coming quickly. Yes. And so that's when the seventh trumpet brings the third terror. Yes. So we've, we've got the missing piece of prophecy yes. in, in chapter 10. We have John being told to prophesy to the people still uh, at the end of verse 10. And then we have the witnesses show up for three and a half years. Okay. And that's, uh, that's like, that's like a, you read through it so fast, but it's a three and a half year period. It comes after 10 chapters in revelation. Lots of things have happened. Seals, six trumpets, um, eating the scroll, all of these things. And then three and a half years, second woe is passed, second terror. The third is soon to come. And then here we go. Seventh trumpet, which is what the seven thunders talked about. We may have to touch on this. Next episode, I'm out. I think this would be a good place to stop. We can go because we're mid-trib in it right now. <laughs> Just the witnesses. <laughs> see what I did there? <laughs> I see that. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Come up here. Okay. Come up here. So we've mid-tribbed the two witnesses, and we'll talk about the seventh trumpet yeah. next time and what that might bring. The it's seventh? probably not good, though. Well, yeah, I don't think it gets good until uh, the thousand-year reign, and that's a ways away still. Yes, that's years away from where we are right now. It's going to start to get <laughs> very confusing, and I I don't know if it's metaphorical or if we're actually going to see some of the things. Yeah, we get and to that's read the about. that's the most conf- that's the most uh, frustrating part is like some parts you know are literal, and some parts aren't. And some di- and if they are going to be literal, then wow. Because you don't treat the rest of the Bible that way. You don't say, oh, I'm going to pick out this, and that's that's metaphorical, and this is this is literal. I mean, you, you just don't do it. This is it's true. It's not a buffet. This is true. That is a very true statement, Matt. All right. And so is God showing us exactly the real thing that's going to happen? And, you know, supernaturally, it's not something that we can explain logically. Well, at any rate, this is a good place to stop, and we'll... <laughs> We'll touch base with you next week. We love you. Yeah, please tune in. Love you guys. I'm glad you tuned in. God bless. God bless. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you have been challenged to study God's word, to find out what it says, and to build on what you believe. Our heart is to help create a desire in you to draw closer to Jesus. If you would like to contact us with questions or comments, email us at mikematrealthings at gmail.com. On Facebook, Real Things That Really Matter. 
and on Twitter at MMRealThings. We would love to hear from you. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform to stay in the know of what we are doing. Again, thanks for joining us today. May God bless you and keep you. See you next time.